Welcome back to the Fit Trend Performance Podcast. This is your host, Mark Bruce. Today, we're going to do a, uh, a cool little recap or, you know, a, a thought process breakdown, um, considering it's, uh, you know, we're entering 2024, which is crazy. So today, I'm going to talk about 24 things or 24 thoughts that I think athletes things, thoughts, 24 things that I believe athletes need to, do, need to do more of. So thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to the Fit Strength Podcast, where you will be informed, educated, and empowered in order to take charge and take action so you can reach your athletic and or fitness goals. The only way for you to get stronger, faster, and better conditioned it to be consistent every day, all year long, doing things that will ensure your mind and body is strong and resilient. If you're ready to make changes, then let's go. So 24 things that athletes need to think about in 2024. Here we go, everyone. So welcome back to the show. Um, like I said, I'm diving into 24 things that athletes should be doing in order to, you know, take their performance to another level. Um, so what are those 24 things? Number one, you know, I think the first thing athletes need to do, and we harp on it all the time, and again, these aren't in like the order that I think are of importance, but, you know, I try to do my best just to put them in an order where I think start to finish athletes can actually achieve and start doing now. So the first one is sleeping more. Um, I think this is something that, you know, we talk about all the time, but it's undervalued because I have the same conversation over and over again with kids. Um, You know, a lot of kids are getting enough sleep. You know, I've had, you know, a handful of consultations and or at least in the last couple months and what these... um, you know, within these consultations, I always ask, how is sleeping? And a lot of times I'm seeing that athletes are getting between seven and nine hours of sleep, which isn't terrible. However, what I'm noticing is that what they do leading up to bed is a little bit, um, is inhibiting from them actually getting good sleep, right? So, you know, what, what are they doing? So, you know, athletes from, um, you know, if they go to bed at 10 p.m. and they're waking up at 6 a.m., you know, right, that, that's roughly seven, eight hours of sleep. However, they're on their phone right before they go to bed. The TV is on. Um, you know, their, their lights are on. You know, there's music. There, there's so much stimulation going on, right? So their sleep hygiene isn't the best. So they're probably not getting the best sleep. Um, and a lot of times, you know, if kids have to get up for a 7.15 bus or their parents are driving them to school, you know, they get up at 7 a.m. Right, they get up right before they have to start doing things, so they're not even letting their body get adjusted to being awake. Um, so that's the first way, first thing: get more sleep, um, but also have a better sleep hygiene, which I believe could be beneficial um, to helping athletes who are getting seven, eight hours of sleep um, get better sleep. The second one: um, eat more food. You know, I think we demonize. I think we demonize food where it gets to a point where it's hard for athletes to even know what to eat um, and and they start, you know, misvaluing, you know, just, you know, 
typical good things that could benefit them because of fear of getting fat, fear of not performing at a high level. Um, you know, there's this heightened awareness of like how kids look now. Um, and yes, if you look a certain way, you most likely will perform a certain way, but that doesn't mean that you just can't eat food in general. And yes, we want to talk about vegetables and protein and carbs and fats, but I think a lot of athletes just don't eat enough food. You know, so this can be looked at in two different ends of the spectrum. Um, you know, athletes can say, well, I'm just going to eat more food and I'll just eat pizzas and cheeseburgers and, you know, Taco Bell and Chick-fil-A. You know, that that will, you know, not be a good route because you could get bigger in a bad way. But if you're just eating more food in your kitchen, you know, I think that'll be, you know, a much better route and athletes will have more energy. They'll see a reduction in a a mitigation of injuries. Um, They'll feel better. You know, so these are the things where like before athletes can start figuring out um, or thinking about, you know, what kind of carbs, what kind of fats, what kind of proteins, how much vegetables, you know, number one, athletes just need to eat more food. If you look at a typical, you know, middle school or high school athlete today during the school year, you know, at least at the school that I work at, you know, kids are at school by 745. Um, they get one lunch period between 1030 and 1230. And then, you know, after school, if they're in seventh grade and older, they're playing a sport or they're going to a club practice or a club game. Um, and then they are, uh, you know, at home and then they're eating dinner and then maybe they'll get a snack in. And a lot of times those snacks aren't the best choices. And a lot of times what they're eating throughout the day are these empty calorie choices. But at school, it's really hard because they can't eat in the hallway, can't eat in the, eat in the classroom. Um, so this is just where taking advantage of breakfast, taking advantage of lunch, taking advantage of dinner is so important. And, you know, eating supplements, you know, little things like that. Um, can maximize the caloric intake just so athletes aren't just getting thinner and thinner and or you know not losing any weight if that's the pursuit because the less food you eat the less weight you potentially could lose so that's number two eat more food number three um, be consistent all year round long with your training Um, I love seeing athletes you know get after it in the weight room get after with the performance stuff Um, we're seeing more and more of that especially because high schools they they have coaches um, they have strength coaches, but this is where, um, there are so many, you know, times during the year where I see athletes just take, you know, anywhere from four to 12 weeks off. Um, you know, that's with club tournaments, AU tournaments, and then in the season, you know, athletes just completely fall off the wagon. And this is really going to disrupt consistency because, you know, the stronger you get, um, the more neurologically, um, coordinated you get the better your performance is going to be because you're going to be able to do the, the, the things that you need to do in your sport um, at, at, a, at the same level, which could be your best level, more consistently, right? You can be hitting, you know, let's say you have a 25-inch vertical. You could be hitting 23 to 26 inches, you know, consistently versus like, you know, 25 inches your first game and then all of a sudden you drop down to 22, you know, 21 because you're just gassed and fatigued or it fluctuates throughout the game. Um, so this is where just being consistent all year round is so valuable. Um, number four, lift heavy. You know, don't be afraid to lift heavy. I, I find it being more valuable. I find it being more valuable if athletes lift heavy versus for higher reps. 
um, one because it primes the nervous system and that's really what you want to be um, firing at a high level in athletics um, but also keep your body um, you know not desensitized to certain outputs uh, and a lot of athletes are missing strength and it doesn't mean that you know athletes should be chasing strength their whole career um, because there d- does come a time that strength uh, you know, getting stronger is not going to be beneficial, but I think a lot of athletes, you know, especially when you're training in a large group setting, um, or even if you're training in a small group setting or one-on-one, you know, there's some discomfort and um, misinformation in terms of like what intensity or what heavy really is, and some kids just kind of like float, you know, in this really, really sub-max level of lifting, and that's not ha- that's not helping. Um, and especially in my last podcast, I talked about the independent athlete. I see this with kids lift on their own. You know, they're, they're not really lifting heavy. They go for more volume because they want an aesthetic look. But lifting heavy is so valuable in, in performance that I just think athletes need to do more of it, obviously under guidance to make sure technique is appropriate. Um, and then getting feedback from a professional to see, like, do they need to continue lifting heavy? Um, but there's ways to, there's different methods of training to embed heavy lifting with athletic movements so you're not just getting stronger and not maintaining athleticism. So that's going to be the next one. Um, that's number four, lift heavy. Number five, you know, conditioning. You know, make sure, you know, athletes are actually training to improve conditioning. Just doing, you know, sprints at the end of practice just doing three to five minutes of a burnout at the end of a workout doesn't mean that you're training to you're improving your conditioning. Um, you know, conditioning is no different than you know increasing your you know explosion, increasing your strength. You know, it is a targeted method. It's a targeted you know a, you know aspect of the body um, that you need to specifically train. You know, you know for an example, if you want to improve your aerobic capacity. Right. You want to do things for, you know, three plus minutes straight, you know, at a heart rate at a heart rate that's, you know, call it, you know, 40 beats per minute below your max heart rate. You know, this is where like, you know, you you should be able to have a conversation or do the ABCs during this kind of stuff. Um, and that could be for three minutes. It could be for 10 minutes. It could be like two rounds of 20 minutes. It could just be like a 30 to 45 minute, um, you know, session doing a bunch of different movements or just doing one movement like the bike, you know, um, rower, skier, stair climber, whatever like that is. And then there's, you know, you like your lactic, lactic lactate system where you can do, you know, 10 second bursts with 60 seconds of rest and you can do, you know, four rounds of 10 reps. Um, right. So that, that's another thing that you could do, um, to improve your conditioning, but it should be a targeted session. Right. It shouldn't just be five or 10 minutes embedded in a session, helping you to get stronger, faster and more explosion, explosive. Um, You know, so athletes need to train, actually need to train for conditioning, Um, even though, you know, the specificity of playing basketball or volleyball will be conditioned, will be conditioning sessions for that particular skill. There's other things to look at to really see if athletes are conditioned. Um, And this is where athletes um, need to check off that box and really see are they conditioned enough so you're not just wasting time 
Um, so that's another piece, right? Because conditioning can help with recovery. It can help with injury mitigation. It can help with heart health, mental health. All great things come when you train for conditioning, but it should be a targeted session. Um, and I think athletes can benefit from doing this once or twice a week, especially in the off season. When you look at the in-season route, aerobic capacity might be a better route because it's less stressful on the joints. Um, but I think it's something that um, athletes can do a little bit more of in the off season. Um, number six, actually train athletic qualities. And what do I mean by that? You know, right? So more and more athletes are lifting weights. They're trying to get stronger and that's great. However, what athletes are forgetting to do outside of their sport is just be an athlete, sprinting, change of direction, playing, you know, playing one-sided games, you know, playing small-sided games, um, you know, and this, this is kind of the detriment of athletes not being multi-sport athletes because they're not getting these different um, flavors that you get from other sports. But it's important that athletes train athletic qualities, you know, and I tell it to so many athletes day in and day out, you know, especially the size of my facility, you know, we're not getting these 40-yard sprints, we're not getting these flying tens. Um, so I think athletes, you need to do more of that do more sprinting, do more change of direction, do like ultimate frisbee, play flag football outside, you know, do all these things. And I think it could be so beneficial for athletic performance, um, right? So, so that's gonna be number six, training athletic qualities in addition to strength training. But again, once you're strong enough, right? And depending on your body archetype, you know, you may wanna do less of the heavy, heavy lifting and more of your jumping, change of direction stuff with a little bit, a little dosage of strength training, you know, so you're not pushing yourself so far to one um, continuum and you're maintaining your athleticism. Again, so that's going to be number six, train athletic qualities. So number seven, um, I think this is a really important one. Um, and like I said, more and more athletes, you know, they're doing a great job training. They're working hard. They're putting in the hours. Um, but the one piece of the puzzle I think athletes are missing out on are recovery modalities, you know, things that enhance recovery, right? We, we think, look at the said principles, right? Specific adaptation to an opposed demand. And then this idea of an SRA, stimulus response adaptation, right? This whole idea of stimulation being the number one driver of results is almost debunked if athletes aren't recovered, right? If athletes just continue to stimulate their body, train, 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 you know, push, 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 sweat, 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 um, you know, be sore, be sore, be sore, and they aren't recovering, right? They're not really going to see the best results and, and, and or could be enhanced or an increase in the rate of injury, you know, so one piece is sauna. Really simple, really easy. I think if athletes go into the sauna, you know, once a week is, is good. Twice a week is, is very good. Three times a week is great. Four times a week is awesome. And it could be 15 to 30 minutes, you know, um, bef before their, before practice, you know, or going, going to the Y or a place that has a sauna right after their practice for 15 minutes could be so valuable in their recovery, right? It's going to reduce inflammation. It's going to flush out toxins. It's going to prevent the muscles from being sore, which ultimately is going to, um, you know, in, enhance, um, it's going to enhance recovery. It's going to enhance performance. So number seven is going into the sauna. Number eight, isometrics. I think isometrics are an amazing training method. 
and isometrics are so great number one because you don't need you know weights you don't need barbells you don't need dumbbells you know really you just need to be able to you need to have space and you need to be able to get in positions and then just hold right so you can do lower body upper body isometrics you know i'm a big split squat isometric guy or like a single leg floating heel iso guy or some type of hamstring isometric movement but you can do like a dead hang you can do like an iso pull up iso push up um, all these are great not only to uh, mitigate injury right we get the strength in tendons um, but it's also a great way to maintain strength and or get stronger Right during the season, it's, it's it's sometimes it's not the best to lift lift really really heavy because it is stressful and demanding on the nervous system. But if you just do an isometric, that's load, that's stress, that can maintain strength and position to ultimately enhance performance, but also prevent injury, but maintain athleticism. Right, so that's where I think isometrics are so valuable. Um, in an athlete's training regimen. And I do ISOs no matter what season an athlete's in, whether it's in-season, off-season, pre-season, whether they're injured, whether they're super healthy, whether they're a middle school athlete, high school athlete, college athlete, pro athlete, whether you're an older adult, whether you're a five-year-old, isometrics are key. Um, you know, Not only do they improve tendon health, but they help maintain strength. They help improve mobility and positioning. Um, they help mitigate injuries. They help, you know, get rid of pain, right? So there's so many boxes, isos, isometrics checks, so many boxes that are checked off when doing isometrics. Um, so that's number eight. Do more isometrics. Athletes, you're going to, you know, if you're a parent or an athlete, you're going to feel amazing. You're going to see great results. You're going to see an improvement in your performance if you do isos. Number nine, um, stop treating social media like a third parent, now, I'm guilty of this, right? Because sometimes it's easier just to pop on my phone and then, you know, just, um, you know, dive into social media, YouTube shorts, Instagram, whatever it might be. You know, I'll use it as senses of motivation. But sometimes I, I, I see athletes like they see this social media influencer with 100,000 followers, a blue check mark, and everything they talk about, everything they do is what they need to do, right? What they say is gold. And it trumps mom, dad, coaches, AU coaches, right? Like what they see on social media, you know, like you see some of these pro athletes that are just, you know, some of them are clowns, you know, they're calling people out, you know, they're just, they're, they're just saying things that, you know, really they don't, they, there's no empathy towards it. There's no reflection towards it. There's no understanding of, um, you know, the cost benefit and kids are just, they, they love it. They feed it. They want to be that person. They adopt it. You know, and I, I just think human interaction is more important than someone who's on social media, right? So, you know, if you have an athlete or if you're a parent, you know, yes, social media can be a helpful tool, but it can also muddy the water. You know, if you're talking to someone face to face and then you're looking at someone on Instagram and looking at their Instagram account and you think what they're saying to you is, is more valuable than the person in front of you who knows your kid or knows you or is... is is sensing the the the, the frustration or, or the pain, um, or has seen your athlete perform, who has seen them move in front of you in a gym, right? Sometimes that word is more valuable than what some social media YouTube person generally is saying on their channel or on their Instagram. And same thing goes for kids. Sometimes kids completely dis disregard the person in front of them because of what they value based on someone who is on social media. 
which ultimately, you know, it's going to disrupt just learning how to connect with a person, but it also could dis- disrupt what that athlete wants, um, if, especially if they're not listening to a sport coach or if they're going to a strength coach or going to a, you know, skills trainer and they're saying one thing, but then they're actually listening more to a social media person who doesn't even know them, hasn't even, they don't even know, they don't know, they don't know anything about them. Um, so I think, you know, young athletes really need to be, be careful of, you know, who they're following on social media and how much value um, they're giving towards people who they think are talking to them, but it's on a screen, right? So I think athletes need to be careful and do less of that and focus more on the interpersonal skills and interpersonal connections with other humans in front of them versus what's on the screen. Um, Number 10, think about life after the sport. Now, this is really far-fetched. This is, you know, some philosophical way of looking at things, but, you know, the ball is going to stop bouncing. And this is where, you know, I think athletes um, need to understand that, like, how is this sport influencing or could influence you after the fact that, you know, if you don't play after high school um, or the skills you are you're learning through basketball or your sport could influence you getting into the college and or getting recognition from a collegiate coach. Um, and then same thing goes after college. Um, you know, right. You have a one percent chance of being a pro athlete, depending on your sport. You know, if I think about basketball. Right. You know, so the ball will stop bouncing. So how are these skills? How are these strategies? Um, how are these um, things that you're learning in the sport going to influence you after the fact? And this also stems with questions and, and conversations you're having with people um, and try to take them further than just like, hey, how do I get the, ba- the ball in the basket? How do I dribble the ball harder? Right. Sometimes you may want to talk to your skills trainer and learn about what they're doing. Your strength coach, learn about their path, you know, so you can really see, like, how can this sport that I'm playing influence me more than just um, high school recognition, more than just getting my foot in the door college wise? How can it really influence me after the ball is, is, is done bouncing after all these things are occurring in high school and college? Um, and I think that's a valuable trait because a lot of a lot of athletes don't realize that their high school coach or their skills trainer or their strength coach or anything like that, they have way more knowledge, connection, influence than just, hey, do this basketball drill, do this strength exercise. And I think athletes need to start asking a little bit more deeper questions as far as not only the why behind the exercise, but like, what's the point of me doing this sport if I'm, you know, going to stop after high school? Or what if I, what if I'm not even going to start? Or, you know, it, it, or what if I only go to D3? Like, if I'm only going to be a D3 athlete, is it worth it? Um, because me personally, being a Division three athlete, I would beg to differ that yes, being a Division three athlete, it's worth the grind to get to that point because it's going to influence those who recognize your resume and want to ask you more questions after college, right? So I think there's huge value in that. And I just think athletes need to ask more questions and think a little bit further past, you know, just trying to put up points at the next high school game or college game. Um, Number 11, reflect about what makes them good at their sport um, 
and how can it, how it can be utilized in the real world. So similar to number 10, um, again, philosophical, but a lot of athletes need to see that like their dedication, their resiliency, their consistency, their, um, you know, their, their uh, camaraderie, their teamwork, um, all these, these characteristics are the reason they're good at the sport. And I think a lot of times athletes just say, well, I didn't score tonight, so I suck. Or I scored a lot, so I'm really, really good. Versus of, you know, even if you didn't score, were you a good teammate on the bench? Because people notice that. And that is a strong character trait that I think athletes need to start valuing um, in order just to, you know, help them continue working harder. Because this idea of trying, showing up, um, you know, being positive, um, being relentless, being consistent, those are the characteristics to help you succeed more so than just, you know, being the high scoring player on the team. I've worked with a lot of athletes, and I'll tell you right now, some of the most influential kids who have influenced me and some of the kids that, you know, have done so well in their life, they weren't the 26, 28 point scorers, right? They were the leaders of the team that might have had like, you know, a couple games, 18, a couple games in the 20s, but they might have been like 12 points, could have been like eight assists, could have been like four steals, four rebounds. You know, they were a team guy. They were a rah-rah. They were, a, you know, a leader. And then there were kids that didn't, that rode the pine. And, you know, they were always optimistic, always cheering, always getting in people's faces for not working hard or making small mistakes. Um, like those are the character traits that are going to help you be successful in life. Because like, just like before, the ball's going to stop bouncing. So are you just going to be angry all the time and resentful and not be able to live in the moment and, and see these, you know, characteristics that you have right now and how you're going to be successful for the rest of your life because of these characteristics, not because you're AGR, not because you, you know, had you averaged 24 points a game your senior year, right? Those things aren't, you're not going to put them on your resume, you know, unless, right, it traveled with you to college and you emphasize these characteristics that you had, right? If you averaged 24 points a game, six assists, you were a team player, you were the hardest working team, you know, hardest working player on the team, you were the first to, 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 to finish the sprint drill, you were at every training session, you were in everyone's face for the good and the bad, um, you know, you weren't arguing with coaches, you, were, you, you knew how to have a conversation and learn how to like disagree respectfully, right? Those are the things that are going to help you be successful in life. And I think athletes need to reflect on that because some games you're going to be great. Some games you're going to be God awful. Some games you're going to be in the middle. So something's going to have to boost your, your confidence. And, you know, athletes just need to reflect on that instead of valuing, oh, I didn't score a lot today. I suck. Oh, coach took me out. I must suck, right? That's just going to beat you up. And that's a lot of mental strain, you know, so reflect on the good, positive characteristics that, that make you the athlete that you are. Um, number 12, you know, just reflect more in general. I think athletes just need to sit down, reflect, think about, you know, the good stuff in life, you know, kind you know, reflect on some of the bad things and how you're going to overcome it. You know, visualization is so important. Sitting there wondering, like, you know, if you're a big time basketball player, basketball is your jam. Like, think about like, all right, we're down 10. You know, what's going to happen? How am I going to act? Why, you know, what do I want to see myself do? 
you know, do I want to be the head down kind of guy? Do I want to be the finger pointing kind of guy? Do I want to be the guy that's like, you know, shaking my head when coach takes me out and everybody in the gym sees it? And then, you know, you give your teammates some wimpy high fives or like, you know, you tell them don't touch you. Um, you know, is that what you want to do, right? So you can reflect on that. Reflect on the times that you actually did do that. And, you know, what kind of player do you want to be? Um, you know, just, just, just reflect in general. Be in the moment. You know, re- you know re- reflect about, you know, being thankful that you get to go to school every day. You get to see your friends, right? You get the opportunities that your mom and dad have given you. And if you don't have a person at home, you know, reflect on the opportunities that you do have versus the things that you don't have. You know, that's going to boost your, your motivation. That's going to boost your self-esteem. That's going to keep you moving forward instead of thinking about um, what you don't have and being stuck in the past. Um, so I think reflection is key. You know, so that's number 12. Number 13, be more accountable. You know, I think athletes, just hold yourself accountable. Um, you know, I've gone to a handful of high school games. I've seen a ton in my, in my lifetime. I've coached, you know, it's time and time again, when something bad happens, I can't tell you how many times I see an athlete blame someone else, right? Like if you get taken out of the game, you know, I don't know too many coaches who just have a negative, have a vendetta on one kid, especially if you're playing that kid, right? If you start or you're getting time and a coach takes you out, right? I don't really foresee that coach, like, having this vendetta that like, I'm going to get this kid. And I think a lot of athletes just need to do some self-reflection and holding themselves accountable and just own their mistake. And it's not one of those like, you know, tap your chest, my bad coach, my bad coach, but you keep doing the same mistake. It's really just owning what just happened and just, yeah, you know, I I deserve to to have this conversation. I deserve to have this turnover. But again, like I'm going to be accountable not only of what I did, what I'm going to do next, where I'm not going to put my head down. And this is where reflection comes in because you can reflect on, do you want to be that athlete that when you make a mistake, you put your head down and then you've missed two next plays? Do you want to be the athlete that makes a mistake and you hold yourself accountable, not only by owning this moment and this issue that you did, but then you're accountable of what you're going to do next, right? If you make a mistake and you put your head down and then your team went four on five on, on, off, on defense and they scored, but like your man didn't score, but your team was still four on five. That's on you, right? That's on you for making that error. And if you do that over and over again, you have to hold yourself accountable by reflecting every day and working on not letting that mistake happen over and over again. Same thing if you, know, if, if you don't think you're getting the time that you need, well, are you holding yourself accountable but not putting in the work and the effort, not only in the season, but in the off season, if your coach tells you get stronger and six months later, you did not get stronger, hold yourself accountable. It has nothing to do with your coach not liking you. It's a simple reason of your coach gave you the playbook. Your coach told you what you needed to do and you didn't do it. Not mom's fault, not dad's fault, not your person at home's fault, not your teammate's fault. It's not your, you know, it's, it's, it's not your teacher's fault. That's on you. You got to own that and you got to hold yourself accountable. The good and the bad. Right. And I think a lot of athletes just need to hold themselves accountable and, you know, not just blame the other AAU coach. That's why I'm on this AAU team. That coach didn't play me. Well, what did the coach tell you? And did you work on that? Because if you didn't, that's on you. The coach said, hey, I need you to be more of a defender and you refuse to play defense. That's not a bad coach. That's on you. It doesn't mean you're a bad person, a bad player. Like, doesn't mean anything like that. That's just on you. 
right? So I think athletes just need to hold yourself accountable so you can figure out what you did in this moment that you can control so you can hold yourself accountable of the next step. And I think that's really valuable for kids and athletes. Number 14, relax. Stop taking yourself serious, right? Just like some kids just need to chill. Athletes just need to chill. You know, a lot of times a kid misses a shot. It's like the end of the world, right? Kid doesn't start. End of the world. You know, like coach takes you out of the game. End of the world. It's like sometimes just relax. When you're training and you miss a shot, just run and get the ball and shoot again, right? You miss a shot in the game. Go back and play defense, right? There doesn't have to be this intensity all the time that disrupts your mental focus. It's good to be intense. It's good to have this level of motivation or anxiety that's influenced you positively. But if you're so tense and so overwhelmed and so worked up that everything you do, if it's not perfect, you're, you're making another mistake or you're doubting your abilities, you're doubting yourself. Instead of thinking that you're, you're hardworking, you think you're lazy and that's why you're missing all your shots because you didn't put in enough work versus of, you know, you just have a negative mindset, you know, and you're, you're putting in enough work. You just have a negative mindset every time you miss a shot, which is going to mess with the flow. It's going to mess with your confidence. You know, so sometimes athletes just relax a little bit and that stems from reflecting. It stems from being mindful. It stems from just taking it one play, one day, one moment at a time. And I think that'll be helpful. Um, number 15, athletes, just read more. You know, I think knowledge is key. Learn from other athletes. Learn from other coaches. You know, sometimes just read for fun. That's another way to relax, right? So I won't harp on this one too much. Just kind of a random thought. But just, you know, athletes, read more or maybe podcast more. You know, I love podcasts. That's my jam. Or even Audible. I think that's a good way just to cool down, learn from other people that you may respect, um, and just, you know, learn some ideas. And then we have number 16, be more intentional about training. Um, you know, sometimes I, th I see athletes, they love to get to the gym and work, work, work. What's your plan? What are you focusing on? You know, so during, you know, during the off season now for volleyball or basketball, what's the one thing you're going to work on? Are you going to be intentional every session and work on that? You know, I remember, you know, being a Fairport guy, you know, like, you know, Scott Fitch works with Isaiah Stewart with the Detroit Pistons. And I know, like, you know, looking at some of the stories, um, the thought was like in the off season during COVID, you got to get a jumper, right? Hearing some of the words from Scott and like, you know, hearing Isaiah, that was the one goal, get a jump shot, right? So that's intentional training. That's the focus. And I think athletes, you know, you need to be intentional with what you're doing, right? If you want to be a better three-point shooter, your workouts should be intentional towards that. If you need to be a stronger athlete, your time should be intentionally spent on doing that. Instead of just like, you know, Monday, I'm going to do a little bit of that. Tuesday, I'm going to try a little bit of that. Wednesday, I'm going to do a little bit of this. I, you know, that's just like a lot of eyewash and hoshpotch. And then you never really know what you're getting better at. And then you get upset because you didn't get better at that one thing you need to get better at. You know, so I think the reflection piece comes into play here. But then also like you sitting down and writing some notes and figuring out like, this is my focus. Three things this offseason. That's my focus. Um, and, and, and owning that holding yourself accountable and being an intentional with your training. Number 17, um, have a sense of urgency, right? When you train, when you're, when you're working out, when you're at practice, fourth quarter, championship game, you got one more practice left of the season, right? That should be the mentality. You know, you got an hour, crank it out. Sometimes athletes save themselves for the next day. 
save themselves for the tournament. I'm too scared to work hard today because what if I'm tired tomorrow? Well, sometimes, you know, there's always a tomorrow because, right, if it's Monday and I say I'm going to do it tomorrow, well, Tuesday, there still is tomorrow. So at the end of the day, Monday should be that day that you're getting better. You're going to have a sense of urgency to get better and work as hard as you possibly can. It doesn't mean train for six hours in a row and then just kind of like work hard for an hour and then you're kind of, you know, going through the motions for five. You know, it's simply have a sense of urgency to work hard all the time so you are focused when you need to be focused. And it's not one of those mentalities of just like, nah, you know, I got six months of training. I'll start working hard in month five because guess what? Like you're going to miss out on so many opportunities to really be the athlete you want to be. Um, so have a sense of urgency. Um, you know, number 18, stop saying, I don't know, right? That stems from reflect, reflection, intentional urgency. If someone asks you, if a, if a coach asks you a question, like, what are you doing here? And you're just like, I don't know. Go home then, right? You, you're here for a reason. You know, it's, it's, it's more of, res, you know, respecting yourself, you know, so if, if a coach is like, why are you doing that? You know, like saying, I don't know. Well, that's how you hold yourself accountable. Figure out the why. Figure out, you know, what emotions are attached to this. Figure out the stress that you're enduring. Figure out, like, why are things so important to you? You know, like if, if you showed up to a workout and the coach is just like, you know, you don't have it today. And you're like, yeah, I don't know why. It's like you should know why. Because if you don't know why, the same thing's going to happen tomorrow. And now you're just going to be wasting time. And that's where we get these compounding effects of stress, right? So it's important to be able to stop and think, stop and reflect. Like, why am I, why am I here today? Why did I do this thing? Why do I consistently do this thing? Why am I the player that I am? Why am I, you know, so why am I performing at a high level? Because if you're consistently performing at a high level, you should have a, you should have an answer as far as why you're doing that. But if you're consistently performing at a low level, Again, you want to stop and reflect and, and know almost a little bit of the why so you can practice not doing that thing or at least getting better, right? Progress, not perfection. You know, just because you know why doesn't mean that it's going to be fixed right away. But again, it helps you start to get better, right? So I think it's important that just you're not allowed to say, I don't know. You know, I was taught by my mom. Saying I don't know is just a lazy, it's a lazy answer. It's all it is, a lazy answer. If someone asks you a question, stop and reflect and think. Don't just throw it in, I don't know, right? Be intentional, have a, you know, you know, care about that question. Not, not to give someone an answer, but to give yourself an answer so you can try to solve this problem. Um, number, where are we at? Oh man, number 19, learn how to listen. Man, this is, this is important for athletes, learning how to listen. You know, athletes need to be able to hear what's being said to them. You know, sometimes you hear an athlete, you know, the other day I was at a game and I heard a coach and I saw a coach talking to an athlete. Body language was bad. Head was turned to the side, shaking his head, right? Like, listen to what the coach is saying, right? Listen to what the pa- listen to what your parents are saying, right? Some parents may not say it the right way. Some coaches may not say it the way you need to hear it. But sometimes, you know, you just got to you just got to suck it up and try to listen to what they're saying. And, and that could be beneficial to a degree, right? It could give you reassurance that what you're doing is still okay, or it could give you a better understanding as far as like how you could change your current behavior. You know, listening is so key. Not letting your mind wander 
when someone else is talking, showing showing your shoulder, showing you know hips facing the person, eye eyes facing the person, good body language, so you can actively listen to what the person is saying, because they're saying it to you for a reason, and this will give you the ability to, you know, just potentially empathize, but also communicate. Doesn't mean that just because you know you're listening to someone doesn't mean you have to agree, but it could help you. Be a better communicator so you can respectfully voice your thoughts, right? So you can just get better, you know, so you can learn how to have conflict. You can learn, you can understand why coaches may be doing what they're doing. Um, And it's just going to better you overall if you can just be a better listener, Um, especially, you know, even if things are going great, but also if things aren't going your way. Number 20, don't take things so personal. Right. That that you know, I think that's kind of self-explanatory. You know, sometimes you see kids that get corrected and it's like, you know, the world has ended. Right. It's like, how dare you say that I did something wrong? Right. Like the, the, the only way, you know, for young athletes and even us adults, right, the only way we get better is if we just learn stuff. Right. The more we learn, the more we're going to know that we really don't know a lot. But then we have the chance to get better. We have the chance to, 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 to change certain behaviors or achieve certain goals because like knowledge, knowledge is power without a doubt. Um, you know, but, but also like if you just take things personal, right, like you're going to disrupt relationships. You're going to prevent yourself from, um, you know, just getting better um, and, and hearing certain things, hearing specific things. You know, like for example, for me growing up, right, like, I remember, you know, maybe it was sophomore, junior year. I would shoot, and if I missed, oh, my gosh, my face, right? I would just look salty. I would look sad and mad. And, like, you know, my coach would call me out and be like, Bruce, what's up? Like, you just missed a shot. Get the ball and do it again. And I would just look so mad and angry, and I'd miss another shot, right? And then finally, like, things clicked where, like, I wasn't taking the missed shot. Wasn't take, I wasn't taking personal anymore. I was like, First, it happens when you play basketball. Secondly, when my coach said, like, Bruce, you know, just smile, right? Like, don't be so angry when you miss. Like, I wasn't looking at him like, you know, like, how dare you, like, call me out for how I'm, like, how I'm feeling or, like, you know, like, you know, you're making me feel bad that, like, you're calling me out on my behaviors. You know, like, I, you know, I was like, you're right. Uh, you're right. Like, I'm super pissed when I miss a shot. I just, you know, it's got to smile. Let it go. Just smile, get the ball, do it again. Smile, get the ball, do it again. And eventually, like, you'll start realizing that the ball's going to go in, right? The ball will go in more times than not when you just understand that your job is shoot the ball and then the rest is the rest. But if you're shooting, if you're shooting angry, if you're shooting that you're going to miss the, miss the shot, that's not going to help you, right? So don't take things so personal uh, because that's going to affect your overall well-being. It's not an attack on your personality. It's not an attack on your abilities, right? When people talk to you, you know, hopefully they're trying to help. And, and hopefully you're able to listen and then apply or communicate, either or, right? That, those are still beneficial. Um, 21, have fun. Sports is fun. Life can be fun. Um, conflict is fun. Um, challenges are fun. Um, failures are fun, right? Just have fun, right? You know, when you get to train and sweat and get sore and, and see benefits and see yourself hit goals, that's fun. Right. And then even when you don't hit your goal, 
that still can be fun because then you kind of, if, you, if you're intentional, you can kind of see like where you went wrong and then, you know, um, rectify it, right? So, you know, just understand that playing sports is fun, right? That That's what it should be. And if it's not, you know, this is where you got to communicate with your people and figure out like, you know, what you need out of them, what you need from them um, and what you need from yourself. So things are fun. Um, 22, play more sports. Huge value in being a multi-sport athlete. No matter what that second sport is, huge value. So try to play more sports. If it's not through the school, just doing, doing fun stuff with friends is going to be important, right? So, so have fun or play more sports. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll improve your athleticism. Um, you'll build better connections. You'll be a better athlete. Um, you know, maybe you'll learn how to have fun, right? I played baseball, and baseball was fun to me. No pressure, you know, where I was a competitor, so I didn't like if I made an error. I didn't like if I didn't get a hit, but I had a lot of fun. I had a ton of fun playing baseball, um, and that was my goal, have some fun. Three months of fun, and then I'll get back to the nitty-gritty of basketball. Um, and now we are on number uh, 23, almost there. Take cold showers. Dare you to take 60 seconds to three-minute cold shower, right? Dopamines. Dopamine enhances, can change your mood. Um, can promote can promote health, um, improve your performance, get you going for the morning. You know, it's ideal to take cold showers in the morning because it wakes you up, gets you ready. Um, so I think there's huge value in cold showers, cold plunges, a lot of benefit in tendon health and dopamine, um, a lot of, lot of um, neurotransmitters, improvements in, in the firing rates, you know, so you're, you're happier, you're more energetic, you have more energy. You know, so cold showers are super valuable. 60 seconds to three minutes, um, you know, rock out to it. Last but not least, 24, take daily vitamins and minerals, right? I'm from upstate New York. We don't see the sun a lot, six months out of the year, right? So vitamin D is low. There's the, the reality, there is seasonal depression, seasonal anxiety, depression and anxiety. All these things come into place. Kids just don't eat enough food. Not enough vegetables, not enough fruit. You need a lot of fruit and vegetables to get everything you need. You need a lot of meat. Um, so... I am a firm believer that athletes should be taking a strong multivitamin. You know, we sell something out of the gym called a power pack, has six pills, has your omegas, vitamin D, phytos, magnesium, vitamin C, great. It's a great product. Um, you know, so I think athletes, you know, I, I'm a proponent of supplements, right? I'm not talking like, you know, um, BCAAs, glutamine. I'm not talking, you know, cre or I mean, uh, like uh, pre-workout. I'm talking number one, vitamin D, magnesium, you know, um, Omegas are great. And then, you know, I'm looking at, you know, some creatine, protein, and, um, you know, maybe, maybe a, you know, an electrolyte, you know, powder just because athletes are working hard. You know, so I think athletes can benefit greatly by taking supplements and vitamins without a doubt. So that is 24 things athletes should, should be doing, should start doing, should start thinking about in 2024. Again, thanks so much for tuning in to this podcast this year. Right, I'm really trying to hammering out two per week, um, you know. So I appreciate you tuning in. Share this with somebody if you're local and you're looking for a place to train. You know, Fit Strength Performance is that spot. Um, so hit us up. Email me at info at fit strength s t r e n g t h dot com. Have an awesome day. Happy New Year. Keep training.